Welcome to Downtime Goes Downhill, a podcast miniseries that's going to take you with us as we ever go a racing downhill at both a regional and national level. I'm your host, Chris Hall, and I'll be joined by my good friends, Jonathan Matthews and Ben Thompson. Three different riders with different abilities, strengths and weaknesses, goals and fears. We'll share our preparation, training and setup. You'll hear all about our experiences at the races, good and bad. We'll also be bringing in some of the best in the world to help us improve throughout the year. So there's going to be heaps to learn too. Downtime Goes Downhill wouldn't be happening without the support of some incredible brands. So a massive thanks to Canyon Bikes, Fox Suspension, Wahoo Fitness, Fox Clothing and Protection, Maxxis Tires, Magura Brakes and We Are One Composite Wheels. This is episode two where we're going to be chatting about our training progress and even more importantly our bike setup ahead of the first race of the season. We've all taken different approaches and gone down different rabbit holes so it's fun to come together and see where we're all at. Also, a quick thank you to everyone who's been in touch. It's great to hear how many of you are following our season. We really hope you're enjoying coming on this ride with us. So without further ado, here's Downtime Goes Downhill, episode two. All right, it's race week for race one of Downtime Goes Downhill, and I'm back uh, again with Jonathan and Ben. Uh, we're going to catch up on what we've been up to in the last few weeks, kind of finishing up our training ahead of this race and getting our bikes ready to rock. Um, let's start with training. And Johnny, maybe we'll start with you. What have you been up to since we last spoke? How have you sort of sharpened the pencil, so to speak, for this weekend? Um, so not long after the first podcast, I finished the 12-week block of training with on the on the Wahoo, and which was a... Uh, 4DP full frontal test, which I wasn't really looking forward to, but I, I was kind of, well, I wasn't, I wasn't, because I wanted to see what the numbers were, uh, but I knew full well how disgusting it was going to be. So um, I did it and uh, numbers have gone up across the board, you know, about um, like 25 to 30% across all the, the measures. Um, and it wasn't as disgusting as the first time. So it was still... Were you not trying hard enough? <laughs> no, I was. I was. And I, I was better. I think I was better at the pacing because I knew what to do. Yeah. I, uh, I had a much better idea of where I wanted to be um, in terms of like trying to be above. They give you an, uh, something to aim for. And yeah. it's basically where you are at the moment. So I was like, right, I'll just push above. And, you know, especially on the FTP ones where you're looking to kind of maintain something for a long uh, length of time. So I was like, you know, push it above. And it had already up because halfway through I'd done a ramp test and that had adjusted the numbers, which was good because I, I was finding things quite easy as I'd progressed. So, yeah, the workouts get too easy, right? Yeah, exactly. And I'd already started upping it manually. Um, so that was good. And then, yeah, so I aimed for that. And then on the other, other aspects of which were um, aerobic threshold, anaerobic threshold and maximum anaerobic, oh, I'm getting them all mixed up, <laughs> maximum aerobic capacity and uh-huh. anaerobic threshold. Um, those those all went up as well as the sprinting one, which was the neuromuscular. And I know yeah. some people out there on the internet will say, well, none of this matters for downhill. <clears throat> um, but if you want to improve, you've got to measure something. So yeah. this is and it's easy to measure in the system that we've got, right? Yeah, and there's four different things, and all of them I think do relate to in you know, especially at our level, to going downhill racing. And I don't think I mentioned it on the last time on the last podcast, but 
the reason I wanted to do this level of training was I wanted to get the most out of the racing in terms of enjoyment. And that means being fit enough to do a full weekend of racing, which means, especially on the pierce, it's a day of practice and then a morning of practice and then two race runs. And you, you're, you're being asked the most of yourself at the end of that two week, uh, two day period. So yeah. I wanted to be fit enough to kind of, you know, have a good go and not feel as if I was absolutely ruined after the weekend. So definitely yeah, it's not just about the race run, right? It's not just no, about the no. sprint out of the gate or whatever. It's being able to ride all weekend. And it's the same at a World Cup, right? Even at that level, you need to be, you need to have a good base fitness to be able to get through a week of riding. The recovery, you need to be able to kind of recover day to day reasonably well. And I feel as if, you know, I've done that. I did two days back to back riding this week and it, yeah, I was, yeah, I was, I was all right. It was, yeah, it's worked. <laughs> nice. So num- numbers are up across the board. What about the strength side of stuff? You've been, um, um, again, going your own way on that. Yeah. So I did, I did something quite specific really. So I've dabbled in quite a few things over the, probably the last 10 years since I, since, since, since I lived in, when I lived in Australia, I did a lot of, um, uh, back in the day, I did some like bar- normal barbell stuff, like deadlift, squat, and then I transitioned from that to doing some Olympic style lifts. And then, um, latterly, I've just kind of like moved to something that's um, kind of just more kind of functional in terms of, you know, I wanted to make sure that I was strong through full range of movement. Uh, that I included a lot of asymmetric stuff, which I know Ben mentioned recently, Ben playing, um, and a lot of eccentric and concentric, concentric exercises. So not just push, but pull. I did a lot of like shoulder work uh, with bands. And then latterly, I've kind of transitioned from that to being a slightly more kind of explosive with like kettlebell swings and snatches and, and that type of stuff. So n- yeah. nothing, you know, nothing groundbreaking, nothing but um, more doing stuff that I know works well for me, having done it for quite a long time. Yeah. And you run uh, creatine in your diet kind of as a regular thing. I was going to say ketamine, which is exactly <laughs> not what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, um, you know, there's just seems to be no downside for, for adding it in. Um, there's, there's lots of stuff that shows from a, on a long-term basis, there's cognitive, cognitive benefits and protection that it provides as well as the, you know, the element it provides for training, you know, coupled with other things like omega-3s and, you know, those kind of simple supplementation seems to be the way to go. Do you notice the impact of creatine either in like the bulk that you carry around because it can make you absorb more or hold more water, I think, and also like the power, the repeat power stuff? No, no. Uh, if I was more at a level where you know I was more nuanced maybe but you know it's I don't really notice that to be honest yeah interesting because I I started it again about three or I know four weeks ago probably I haven't had it for a while and uh, I definitely notice it when I start taking it again when I'm doing intervals I find intervals are not easier but like the ability to repeat and like maintain power throughout a set of intervals I find improves when I'm having creatine as part of like a regular thing, which, yeah, it just seems, uh, whereas previously like intervals, I'd go 
be able to go hard initially, but I'd drop off on like interval nine or 10 or something and you'd see the power drop. Mm. I find it a lot easier to be consistent, but. That's interesting. I've, yeah. I guess because I was coming from such a low base, you know, it's almost like from week to week, I'd be seeing progression. So, you know, that everything could, you know, could be just lost in that progression, you know, there's yeah, all yeah. sorts of things I could do, you know, whatever during the week and I'd still see progression just because I'd been putting in those hours. Yeah. You've been on the steep part of the curve. Yeah. 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 We all do slow you, down from now on. I was going to say, do you feel like that has started to slow or do you still feel you're, like you're on a fairly positive, um, quick progression? I've not really thought about it too much. You know, I think there's, you know, some of the things that I was doing, you know, there's, it's maintaining that for a lot, long period of time, which is going to have the true benefits. Um, it's weird that, you know, like, so when you finish these tests on the Wahoo, they give you this um, uh, profile breakdown with nice graphics and I'll, I'll stick them up on Instagram, I guess, so people can see, but you can, um, you can see how you've imp- you know, you improved and, you know, the numbers have gone up, you know, 30% say on my sprinting. It doesn't feel that much different. <laughs> it still feels disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the power's better. And, you know, it's, I think the other thing is that um, it's not that this is a new level for me. I've just bringing myself back up to a level I was at kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. So, um, it, you know, it doesn't feel that much different when I do these things, I guess. Are you, um, um, I mean, right. are you surprised by how much stuff's gone up by or was that what you're expecting? Or? Uh, no, I had no expectation. Yeah. I was like, you know what? If I get closer to you guys, I was like, you know what? I'm a fair way off. If I get back closer to you guys that's all i was kind of looking for and i i feel like i'm you know i don't know where you guys are at the moment but i think i'm, roughly, I haven't got a clue. Roughly, <laughs> I'm a bit closer so um yeah. i think i think you might be above to be fair like i, I well, i'll talk about it in a bit i made a little bit of progress but uh maybe not I, as much so i, I have to say touch wood i have not been as ill as you two have so mm. that definitely works yeah, in my favor you do seem to have uh, managed to swerve that one or just are living a healthier <laughs> lifestyle. One of the two. Don't know. Go on then, Ben, tell us about your side. Cause yeah, last time mm. we spoke, you were like coming off the back of a month or so of uh, throat infection and yeah, various yeah. things. So I'm back to full health now. I've been fine since then, which is nice. Um, so I'd focus more on the strength side of things using uh, Ben's, Ben's program. And I was on the sort of like, uh, foundation program which usually takes two months but because i'd been ill through the second month spoke to him and uh sort of decided to go go back to the start of the second month and and uh repeat all that really so i've just coming up to the end of that now um and it's hard to it's hard to sort of uh uh, it's hard to sort of identify the progress you've made there. I mean, I can see, I mean, there's a, I can see that I'm sort of lifting heavier weights, but then you sort of, and, and all of this, it tends to, it tends to run as like sets, sets of two exercises. One will be, one's usually leg based, one's usually arm based. So you can do the leg one, do the arm one, have a bit of a break between them, but then you sort of, you've had a chance to recover to re- repeat next sets so um you know i'm lifting moving heavier weights 
Um, but then you sort of drop down the number of reps and then lift up the reps. So it's it, it, those sort that of, progressing on that front. Um, there's other things that I've noticed, like I was telling you guys, I could touch my toes. <laughs> I haven't been able to. That's, that is, that's I haven't amazing. I have been able to touch my toes for like decades, probably. And when I first measured, <laughs> like you do a mobility assessment at the start of the program, and I was four, 14 centimeters away from being able to touch my toes. So I could touch my toes now. So for real? <laughs> that's massive progress, mate. That's, that's awesome. That really, that's just from the warm up stretches, I think, just regularly doing that. Um, so that's that's brilliant. Um, I've got a, like a, a shoulder injury, like a, from a broken collarbone and various other th things on that shoulder, um, and that's always a bit sore and often disturb my sleep. And that's starting to improve. Um, out on the trails, I don't know. I feel a bit stronger. I feel like I can throw things around a bit more, but it's difficult to say whether that's. Uh, I mean, it's probably from being in better shape. Um, but I just generally overall, I feel, I feel a lot better. I think it's benefiting my, benefiting me psychologically just because, um, I'm doing some exercise pretty much every day. And I think that's just good yeah. for you. You know, I'm either, I'm at the gym twice a week, a couple of normal rides, get on the, get on the Wahoo for only a short session, a couple of times a week, but then you're doing something every day, basically. Are you using the Wahoo for like interval just in, stuff or like yeah, how I'm just using, using the Wahoo for intervals. So I've focused on the sprint power. Yeah. Um, I haven't done any, I think I, I've done two tests. The second test was a couple of months ago. Um, and it was about the same as the first really hadn't really changed. Yeah. But you'd had that big period of illness in between. Uh, right, point, I think so. that was maybe around, ooh, I can't remember when that one, it might've even been before the illness. I think that I did yeah. the second test. Um, but I haven't really focused on that. I'll be surprised if it's changed that much, to be honest. Um, but we'll keep working, keep working on that yeah. just at some point. Do you notice any change in your physique? Like I def when I train a lot, I definitely feel like I can feel additional muscle in my back. Yeah. Like the, like the wing kind of thing. Yeah. To appear, but... I not, and there's nothing visual, visual, I wouldn't say. You still get that, like sometimes you'll, you'll, do a session at the gym and you're like, whoa, I didn't know I had muscles in that part of my body. <laughs> or like the day after they'll be feeling, they'll be feeling a bit sore. Um, yeah. So, uh, so next stage now in terms of the gym stuff is to move on to the full downhill program. Um, yeah. But you know, that that's fair. You could do some baseline stuff yeah. before you get too stuck in. Like the, I remember doing something with Ben where, it was like three or four exercises where you go pretty heavy and like sit, do a max reps thing and then come back to it in like eight, yeah. 12 weeks or whatever and see where your reps are at with the same weight after that. Just to give yourself like that whole, I don't know, it's like a little pat on the back in it when you know that you yeah you can yeah. see the progress. Because like you say, when the reps change week on week or month on month, even if you're doing the same exercise, it's hard to know like, have I moved yeah. on or whatever? I'm lifting heavier, but it's lower yeah, reps yeah. or yeah. whatever. But yeah, if you're feeling if you're feeling good mentally and physically, that's got to be yeah. a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, another th another thing that um, I f like it's not really a training benefit, but um, the start of each of those sessions, you do a little like self assessment. Are uh, you you know what's your sleep like? What's your stress levels like? Mm. Um, how sore are you? What's your mood like? And just 
doing like actually stopping and thinking about those things a couple of times a week has been really interesting and it's made i mean it's made me think about certain areas of my life where i can make changes in particular the sleep um which we all know is super important you can go out train as hard as you like but if you don't if you're not sleeping and allowing your body that recovery you're going to restrict the benefits um so i i've sort of it's prompted me to make some changes in our like daily daily routine so like we've we've all got kids when your kids are young they you lose sleep because they're keeping you up in the night (laughs) and now what's happening my kids are a bit older they're like into their teens nearly um they go to bed really late so they're keeping me up because (laughs) i've been up like getting them to bed um so we've made a little couple of little changes so that i'm making sure i making sure that i get to bed at um right time each night and then yeah seeing some benefits from that as well so nice it's a little bit like journaling when you start journaling on various things you start noticing patterns and seeing things i guess it's a similar thing but for like Mm. the fitness aspect so it's cool that's helped you pick up other things in life that might have gone unnoticed maybe nice how about you chris I, uh, yeah, so I sort of got through that period of illness in, when was it, like March time? I felt like I was pretty much ill the whole of March. Um, and Touchwood have stayed uh, pretty good. I had a little bit of a, like a three or four days where I didn't feel quite right, but didn't really turn into anything. But other than that, yeah, pretty been pretty consistent. Um, I did a ramp test to check. Um, more to check the max aerobic power because that was the one. So the 4DP test that we, we've all done on the on the Wahoo, like shows you how each of those four elements compare and shows you, like, are they balanced or are you kind of super weak in one area? And the max aerobic power was the one that it flagged for me. Um, and I could luckily do that, retest that in the ramp rather than having to do the whole full frontal test. Um, and that was up. I can't remember, like, I want to say 10 or 15%, which was reasonable given what I'd been through with illness. Um, and F- it measures FTP as well, which was only up a little bit, like a couple of percent maybe, but ups, ups, better than nothing. And it's two different tests. So, like, whether there's any sort of slight inconsistencies between the two tests, I don't know. Um, so that was good. I should probably go and do a 40p at some point, but I haven't brought myself <laughs> to do it just yet because the first one was so painful. Um, and I'm definitely not going to do it on the week of the race because it takes a bit of recovering from. Um, and then otherwise, I f- focused, for a few reasons, I guess, I focused on bike time above everything else at the moment. I think I personally will benefit the most. Like I think I can increase my ability to go fast at the race more at the moment by riding a bike more off-road than i can in a gym kind of thing because uh, i think i'm in a reasonable condition and i'm not going to get much quicker like much fitter between now and then but i definitely can like sharpen my riding up a bit um so i've still been doing one strength session a week to try and keep that going and not lose anything and i've also probably done like one interval session every week week and a half again just to try and keep that side of things like don't not to give my body any like excuse to let that stuff go because you don't want to lose all the gains that you made. And then, yeah, I've just been out on bikes quite a lot, whether that's been like downhill bike, trail bike, uh, e-bike, just trying to ride and spend some hours outside because the weather's been reasonable. Like trails have on occasion been hero dirt 
occasionally slop and occasionally dry. Um, but it's been good, I think. I've seen, like, I'm not a big fan of Strava, but my rides, not, like, from Wahoo, I, I connected it to Strava, so they do upload there. Um, and my times on various stages and bits and pieces have been going down. So that's a good thing, I think. Like, and just starting to feel more confident on the bike like i had a bit of a wobble back end of last year where i had a, a bad ride and um started to doubt my ability and it's taken me a while to come back from that um i think we're getting there i've been keeping a riding journal i think i told you guys i can't yeah. remember um so i like try and write down before i go out like maybe three aims for the ride like what do i want to achieve um and then like on the ride i try and reflect on the positives at the bottom of the run rather than the negatives and try and like give myself like positive thoughts rather than like, oh, I messed that up or I didn't do that well or I didn't commit there. Because there are always highs and lows to any kind of time you ride down a hill on a bike, I think. It's never always bad, always good. So yeah, try to focus on the good stuff and then like come home from the ride, write down three things that I'm like stoked about and then one thing that maybe I could like look to improve at. Um, and it's creating, I'm quite evidence-based, I think. Like I like... I can't just convince myself that I'm amazing at something. I have to like prove to myself that I can do it. So like this journal is becoming like a repository of evidence that I can ride a bike, like not too badly. Hopefully we'll find out next <laughs> weekend. Um, but yeah, so that's been really good. eh? Like it's just, it's been nice to be outside a lot more. Um, and you know, I moved here back in the last year as well. I'm still like learning my way around, learning the trails, learning the terrain. So that's been really cool to do more of that. Um, been catching up with a friend of ours, Tim, who lives like just over the other side of a big hill. Um, so he's been kind of coming back to ride in via the gift of e-bikes, um, which has been pretty life-changing for him, I think. Um, so it's been nice. We've hung out a bit and got some rides done. So it's been good. Um, and then everything was going well. And then I had a bike maintenance <laughs> injury. <laughs> So I, well, it leads us into bike setup, I guess, but I decided that, um, I'm just copying the Canyon factory team. So I looked at Troy and Luca's bike and I'm just doing everything they've done because they must have done more testing plan. than me. I think it's a good plan. Um, they're both running O-chains and I'd spoken to a few people as well and said, yeah, it's, it's definitely worth trying an O-chain. Um, I've got one on the Cotic. I really like it. Um, so I wanted to put one on the Canyon and give it a try but the crank was on so, so tight that like I was, you know, jumping on things, using an extension, all sorts to try and get it off. Um, in the end, I got a professional mechanic uh, who lives around the corner to come around and the two of us with a lot of body weight between the two of us thrown at the bike. We did get it off, but I managed to jack my shoulder and my neck in the process, um, <laughs> which is not ideal. Um, so it's getting it's getting there. it's nearly it's nearly back to normal um and i was able to ride through it it was just pretty sore and i was riding really weird and stiff because i couldn't properly look where i was going or turn corners um yeah but other than that all good i think feel like i'm in a pretty good spot hard to know because i haven't ridden with that many people that i know well like that i have a sort of baseline against for fitness like it's certain people i don't know about you guys but you have I have people that I know like roughly how fit they are compared to me. And if I go for a ride with them and then suddenly I'm like faster than them, I know that I'm progressing mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Okay. And I've not ridden with any of that like group of people for the last couple of months. So hard to be sure. The clock will tell us. We'll next see. Weekend. 
<laughs> clock will tell you don't us. have to it ride will. up the hills though well no that's true but again it, this it's about getting through the weekend right yeah. like yeah can you do a whole day of downhill and a still be able to ride safely towards the end of the day because like mm. your focus goes you, you start to get weak on the bike like a mistake that you might have been able to ride out of and like push yourself out of the bike early in the day you might crumple so there's that um and then yeah just like recovering and being ready to ride again the next day so we'll see how we'll see how we get on but yeah bike setup is the other big one right it's the the bit to make mm. us feel comfortable and maybe get some like free speed i guess um then we'll start with you because you've gone a more uh organic route i guess um tell us a little about a bit about your riding and your process over the last few weeks to get the bike into a spot that so you're happy I, with. i feel slightly on the back foot on this one uh how would that be (laughs) we've had a lot of discussions about this um partly partly from just being busy with other stuff and like you know we've had a couple of long weekends where i've not been able to ride because i've had other commitments um so it's been a bank holiday month yeah um so I think I was thinking before we started since, so the, the initial problem I had was that the bike came with a spring that was way too stiff and I stepped it down one spring and that felt way too stiff though. I'm so totally lost with it now. God knows whether that's the right spring or not. So then I've gone down another spring size, um, which feels a lot more like the right rate. Um, but that's taken alongside being ill, etc. It's mean it means I've had two setup rides basically on the bike okay. now. Um, and the first one was really kind of just getting it roughly in the right spot, I suppose. Front end feels great, forks I'm quite happy with. Um, but the back end, don't know, don't know if the spring's too soft. Uh, don't know where I am with the setting. Well, I know where I am with the settings, but I don't know if they're right, if they're right or not. <laughs> Had pretty limited opportunity to test it out on various different sets of terrain. So I've had one one session, like this will be the final session before we race uh, this weekend, and it feels it feels it feels good. It feels in a nice place. Um, but I've just got this like nagging feeling in the back of my mind that once it feels good, but it feels like the back end feels like it's maybe at the limit of the spring at this point. And I'm a bit concerned that once we really start, well, once we get on some properly fast terrain and start pushing it at race pace, there might not be that little, uh, margin of error left. Um, what sag are you on at the moment? Yeah, it's just, it's just uh under 30 percent so we're aiming at th- it uh, right. yeah it don't add, mm. i mean johnny johnny will say more about suspension setup shortly um it feels good it feels it feels like a downhill bike because when i first got on it it didn't it was way too stiff at the back it felt like it felt like a trail yeah. bike really at the back end um the grip's bonkers um it pings in and out of like switchbacks and stuff feels great but um we'll see there's been a yeah did you did you find it quite overwhelming because we we were on the the fox 40 and the fox coil on the back and that means we've got obviously spring rate in both pressure front and spaces and then spring in the rear 
plus high speed, low speed compression, high speed, low speed rebound. It's a lot. It's great to have that flexibility, mm. but it is like, it's a big puzzle, right? Because there's a, a lot, lot of variables. A lot of permutations there. It, it yeah. is. I think I could handle that. It's the, the main difficulty I have is like, I'm so used to an air shock where you've got an O-ring on the shaft and you're like, yeah. so like you'd be out riding and you're like, what, there's like some bang from the back end. You're like, is that... <laughs> bottoming out is that the coil like coil binding because i've put too much preload on is it like uh you know a com- too much compression is it the rebound too much rebound so it's packed down um or you know just like i just like where am i where am i if someone if i could come back from the rides and know that i'd like bottomed it out once or twice or i could hit something hard feel like a bottom out but you can look on the shaft and you're at 90 percent travel or something it give you a bit would give me a bit more confidence that i'm i'm yeah, doing the right, I'm doing the right thing even measuring the static yeah. sag it's really you can't it's like a two-person job you need someone to help you and it's uh yeah. and changing the springs of pain in the backside you gotta take the shock out of the frame and then like take off these circlips <laughs> Like a nightmare. Give me an air shock every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we should switch you out to an air shock at some point. We'll have to have a chat yeah. with Geordie. But yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. It would be amazing if someone could create some sort of, uh, some kind of vision vision device that tells you how much travel you got out of the shot during the run. It makes you realise how useful that mm. is on an air shock. I know Canyon used to have a little mark on one of the linkages so yeah. you could see where 30% was at least. So you could check your sag mm. a bit easier. Um that seems to have gone. I'm not sure why they've done that. But um yeah, they are they are more mm. work for sure. Mm. Like an air shock makes life a lot easier. But but the bike's feeling good though, in general. Yeah, right? yeah, I'd been moaning about the bars a bit as well. I couldn't get. I like the oh, bars. Oh yeah, you yeah. said you said handlebars. Trail bike. I like the bars turned up, a, turned up a bit. And I'd been trying that with the <laughs> Johnny's going. Yeah, <laughs> I've been trying that with the Canyon bars, and they just felt awful. And I'd got to the point where I'd actually ordered a set of, set of bar the same bars that I've got on my trail bike i was like god i'm just okay. gonna fit these at yeah. bars anyway i was like i have one last go and i rolled them back a bit further than i thought and they just felt spot on so they're gonna they're gonna there stay go. now <laughs> fair enough yeah. yeah bar roll is a tricky one right there's no i i always just get on a bike sit on it and move it to where it feels right but i don't really know like i've never measured that or i don't know if it's the same between bikes or whether it varies for me depending on what i'm sat a pretty on, tricky but... one to measure really yeah, yeah. Feel it was just a, a right mm. feeling, I guess. But yeah, yeah, cool. Where have you ended up on pedals? Because we had the option. You're a flat pedal yeah. rider. You had the option of uh, the Stamp Sevens in small or large. Did you manage to try? Uh, both? I've got the large ones. Got the large ones on just yeah. for that a bit of slightly. I mean, they still fit. You can't see them under the shoe. They don't stick out of the edges. Yeah. And just a little bit more platform to like aim at if you have a sketchy moment and need a bit of uh need to plonk the foot back on somewhere so i've gone with those there's um there's a couple of pins like on the end of the body sort of like inside the the uh outside edge of the pedal that i've taken off because i like that sort of concave feeling of uh dropping your foot in um do you think they get do you, they feel more grippy with those pins out? I think do you they think? feel better. Yeah, maybe I don't know about okay. grip, but it just feels more secure under the under the foot. I think without that, yeah, yeah. 
Interesting. Yeah, I've I've gone with the bigger of the pedals yeah. as well. I tried it initially on the small pedal, and uh, it was before we got the Fox stuff, so we didn't have the Fox shoes, and I felt like my feet were like skipping a bit. And when there's when the pedals are like, I was like, well, if I've got a bigger pedal, if it skips, I'm not gonna get to a point where this feels sketchy. So I ended up putting the bigger pedals mm. on. I just really like them, so they've stayed on the bike. It's a good to be combo fair. that shoe and um, that, that pedal. Yeah, do yeah, like grippy it. ass yeah. works yeah. for me. Uh, grips, you st- you're sticking. Have you tried anything? I guess you've not had time to mess about with stuff. I have like changed change the grips actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. have you? So, okay, because you were tr- you were on the AG yeah, one. Yeah, they felt quite hard. Um, mm. They're really thin, yeah, eh? so there's not much room for any um, rubber. So I've gone to the elite ones, which are like knurled with a sort of, with some like something to grip your fingers on on the on the underside. Yeah, a little bit softer. Pro. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to stick with those. Did you did you make some kind of modification? Yeah, so they've got like a kind of like a lip on the outside. I guess some people would like to have that feeling where the edge of the bar is, but I've just skimmed that off with uh, some snips. So it's like constant yeah. circumference all the way out. I like to r- r- have my hands right on the edge of the bars. So uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Away. I know yeah. a few people that like to ride like that. Yep. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, cool. Not messed about with brake levers or anything like that yet. We're getting into the the weeds a bit. If you've only had two or three rides, uh, I had a go. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, I, I don't know what the stock levers are. They've got quite a hook on the end, and I'm not that mm-hmm. keen on that. I like to have my fingers on, kind of on like the edge of the brake lever as well. Which and that hook yeah. kind of makes them quite short. So I, w- I had a yeah. look at fitting the longer, flatter ones. I'm not sure which version they are. Um, it actually looks mm-hmm. quite straightforward. I just couldn't figure out one bit to expose the pin that you need to tap out. But I think I figured. Oh, you, you just, just have need to, to lift yeah, it off. You take you? it. Yeah. You just flick it off. It's stuck on, and then it's it's like it remains tacky and sticks back on. Yeah. It's just a little yeah. cover. So thing. I might um, I might yeah. do that before we race. Actually, do it. We'll do it on the morning yeah, of the race. Yeah. What eh? could possibly go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Perfect. No, they're all good. All right. though, I think. You, uh, you know even if the levers stay as they are quite happy with them really yeah yeah i prefer yeah they actually wider's got like less of a hook on the mm. end of the lever and that's that's the bruni one which i've been running like ever since i started using them on the trail bike that they were my favorite and it, yeah I, i'm sure i've said on the podcast before but like it's they've totally changed the way i set up a brake like i used to like having the bite point really close to the bar and with those like i set them to the point where lever is parallel with the bar when it bites and that's actually like quite a long way out which if you speak to someone like fabian burrell he's like oh that's the way you should break because it's less arduous on your finger and you've got better feel by controlling it with the tip than like using your whole finger to break so i've been i've been riding like that for a couple okay. of years now or a year and a bit and uh i yeah i find i get less arm fatigue and stuff doing it so seems to work so yeah i stuck the bruni lever straight on uh, Johnny, you've gone um, you've gone the opposite way with bike sap and just throw money at the problem, right? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Go on, tell it, talk us through it. Um, so I think I was faced with exactly the same problem. I didn't know where to start, really. Um, I had my son help me to measure the sag with a ruler. And, it, you know, we thought it was coming out about right. Um, but I decided I was going to get a professional involved and help me sort it out. So I got Rich Simpson from RSR Bikeworks, who's been on the pod, 
to help me and we kind of know each other through you um given that we and we also we're of you know he's slightly older than us but we used to race kind of together-ish back in the day so i contacted him we sorted out a date and which was about a week or so after the last podcast um, so we we sorted out a place to go and rocked up. I'd actually taken my bike to him to begin with, actually, because there was a slight issue with the fork in that mm-hmm. you'd mentioned that it, it wasn't quite feeling right. And it felt like to me that um, changing the compression didn't do anything, uh, both high speed and low speed. So he said there's quite often um, an issue so he could have a look and potentially sort it out which he did and it turns out that there was a lot of grease in one leg and no grease in the other leg and the grease was blocking up the air valve so he basically took the grease from one side rolled it around all the bushes on the other side and put it where it should be job done job done and that meant that he could fit the so he uses motion instruments uh data logging gear so he was able to fit that ahead of time so that when he turned up here we could just kind of crack on so hop on the bike so he, he's got you know the little app on his phone and he's like right hop on and we'll we'll measure the sag 37 percent. i thought it was no way and I, you'd measured it at 30 no i've measured it at 26 which is what okay troy brosnan runs so i was like yeah, yeah. look happy days <laughs> um and i was like 10 percent over to so, so and he's like oh okay i said look, i've got another spring cake and so we swapped it out. So we went from a 400 to a 450. Um, and then we were, we were, I've got the notes here. Let me, we were 27% at, nice. on that 450. And, but it felt, yeah. you know, sitting on it with no changes to the clickers, it felt hard. Like it felt okay. firm, like, you know, not what I would have thought was right. So yeah. to back to Ben's comments mm-hmm. about it felt too hard. Maybe it wasn't, but it's felt too hard just sitting on the bike statically it, or it, like yeah, skipping it, it, about it. Yeah, it felt like it wasn't what I would expect. Mm-hmm. I, th- I would have expected it to s- sit more into. It doesn't go like ah downhill. Yeah, bike I'm thinking like yeah, well, this is you know. So yeah, so just for reference, uh, this was the first part of going down this massive, massive rabbit hole. <laughs> um, so. And, you know, he, he, so he can measure the, the sag accurately and, you know, it was fine. Uh, That was, um, uh, we're in a good spot. The front was, um, in a good spot already because it has an O-ring on and so it's quite easy to do. Um, so, so then we went and, and rode. So we went to a track that he knows I didn't. Um, and then we just started doing runs and I, so he'd have, um, I carried the phone, which was connected to the, the equipment and then at the um, at the bottom of each run, he get into we get into the habit of him asking me questions, and then and then looking at the data and and, and making changes. And then to begin with, it was it, you know it's about me learning the track and you know kind of getting up to up to speed, and then um, uh, Rich making the obvious changes. So initially he's looking to get the balance right. And then the, the, the speed, the suspension's working out right, which he can view, um, from, from the data logging. And then it's kind of like this just slow ebb and, f- uh, back and forth to kind of get you, because you make a change to one, one end and then that has 
an effect on the other. So if you make the, say the back too soft, you're, you're then sitting into the back of the bike. So the front's then not getting as much travel because your weight has shifted back. And rather than thinking, oh, I'm, the, it's a problem with the fork because I'm not getting enough travel. It's not, it's a problem with the back because you're sitting too far into the travel. So because he's got all that data, he can then say, right, we actually need to do this. So for me, it was very counterintuitive to begin with that if I'm feeling a problem with the forks, it's not necessarily a problem with the forks. And it, to be honest, the forks are, are, were a lot quicker to get into the right uh, ballpark than than the rear end. So we kept doing that. And I, get, I then got up to the point where I was quick enough on the track to uh, feel as if I was at a pace where I could, um, the bike was in the window of where I wanted it to work. And I guess the tricky thing is you need to ride fast enough that your the bike's in that window, but you still need to be cognizant of 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 the thought process, of thinking about what the bike's doing. Because yeah. normally, when I get up to a certain pace, I stop thinking and I just focused on you know the track ahead, and I'm you know there's not actually any conscious thoughts going through my head. Whereas this time, you know, I kind of, you know, had to kind of like hit record and then at the bottom, like replay the run thinking what was, what was going on and then base, base that feedback and then pass that to Rich. And so that, this was the most interesting thing for me was that, so a couple of times it would feel like the bike was, um, understeering. And, you know, it, w- it wouldn't turn into a corner. And I get this quite often on other bikes. And I, I just think, oh, it's just me. It's just, you know, uh, it's just, um, just a, that day or it's just a bike. Well, I have no idea. Turns out it's the bike. <laughs> so uh, he's like, okay. You know, and he, you know, and then he, so I give him the feedback and he then look at the data and he goes, yeah, that kind of, I can see what you're saying based on the data. And then he'd make a change. And the next round, I'm like, it's completely different. And he's like... So what What did he pay. change to improve your understeer issue on that day? So, uh, so when it was understeering, it would also feel like the fork was chattery. So, um, and the fork, ha- you know, no, no setting could change on the fork, say. And, but, you know, in a straight line, it would feel, I'd get more feedback. And he, and so, he so Richard, that's actually because you're not sitting in the right part of the travel. You, you're you're sitting too too far back, and you're you're in the in the just in the very beginning part of the travel. So most people might think, well, I need to change the fork, and he says no, but you're sitting too far back. So he's he's adding then basically low speed low speed compression to the uh, rear end to the rear end. I quickly add, you know, we we worked on the rebound initially to get the the speeds right, and then once the kind of the the speeds were correct, we didn't touch those. And we just worked on the compression which, between the front and the rear to get the balance. Um, and then, you know, we got to the point where, you know, I almost, I didn't have to think about what the bike was doing. It just went where I wanted it to go. Which And it was the fact that you can change one click once you're in the kind of that window. I was like... <laughs> and for me, so- the whole process was, you know... I've, I've put a bit of time in over the years trying to get my head around setting up suspension. I've watched videos and I, I, f- I felt I've never really got anywhere because there's, there's always been a lot of hand waving. And whereas Rich, he comes from an engineering background. I've got an engineering, well, we all have engineering backgrounds. And he's got this kind of scientific process of 
feedback change, feedback change. And, you know, it's basically bracketing, but with actual data. You're not just basing it off my feel. He's like, well, what does the feel mean in terms of numbers? So not only did we get the bike set up, I ended up with this education in suspension, which I actually feel as if I know to a reasonable extent what I'm talking about. Yeah, I was going to say is the best part of the day, the fact that you've got some base settings that you're happy with or the fact that you now know the process and have a really good feel. Like well, the first time I rode with data on a bike, I found the best thing really was like being able to correlate my feeling with data because yeah. then you start to learn to trust your intuition and know, okay, when I feel that, it's probably like, so even now if I ride a bike without data on, I've got more confidence in what I'm feeling and what I want to do about it than I did before I did that, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I've then, every, so my other bike, my e-bike, I've just done exactly the same thing. I've, you know, I've, I've taken that process through and have, you know, and admittedly there's far less things to turn and change and get wrong. But I've applied that kind of same approach and then uh, thinking about what the bike's doing and uh, and how I'm riding the bike. And it's made a massive difference to that bike. And that bike rode really well, I thought, to begin with. But it's, you know, it's... And uh, some of it comes down to the the... The, the weight of the rider, the type, the, the length of the levers of the, of the rider, uh, how the, how a given rider rides, you know, at our age as well. I think, you know, we, I don't think we had this problem when we were younger because the window in which a bike works for us was so wide and we were young, we were flexible, you know, fit. And now that window has shrunk because of either, you know, age, time constraints, you know, overthinking what have you and we you know you i can now understand how i can get my that window back into the right place so yeah it's um it's been i couldn't recommend it enough it's and, and okay. we then gossiped about mountain biking yeah. and everything <laughs> in between course. so which i'm sure was, you uh, loved yeah i was uh, absolutely knackered by the end of the day i think we did like 10 or 11 runs pushing back up yeah. each time so Bushed. Good work. So explain this to me. You're three kilos heavier than me and you're running the same fork pressure with zero spaces in the fork. Zero tokens, yeah. I've got a theory on this though. Come on then. So <laughs> um uh, so I don't I don't want a progressive bike. I don't want a progressive curve. I want the the spring rate to be the same all the way through the travel. I don't want it to change and change the feeling of the bike at any point in time. Um, Can you give your reasoning for that? Because it's predictable. Okay. If it changes at yeah. the end, it, you know, you only ever get that to that end point of the travel maybe a couple of times. So how do you then have the experience of how to handle the bike when the spring rate changes if you're not spending any time there? Whereas if you're getting there and it behaves just the same as the rest of the travel, then you do know how it's going to behave. This is, I caveat this, this is just my theory. This is just me. I might it's be completely fine. wrong, but so I wanted that and I, and the same at the back. And I, I thought back from bikes I'd had a long time ago and I'd always done better on the bikes that had a more linear feel. I also um, thought that the, I want the compression circuit to, to actually do the, do the job. And 
anyone who tells me that it's designed to the compression is designed to work open, I think that's utter bullshit. If I'm honest, because how can you then make a change beyond that open to see if you need more or less? It's or less even. So you know, it's the compression's there to do a job. So really, I would imagine the compression needs to be in the middle, and then you can make changes up or down. Why would you ever want it at the limit? So yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, ideally, you want the the perfect situation is that for every person at every weight and every riding style, all your clickers are in the middle most of the time and you deviate one way or the other, depending on conditions or track exactly, or exactly. whatever. Yeah. Rich, very, very hard to do yeah, in, it, as it a is. manufacturer, and, but yeah. You know, one of the other things Rich provides is um, he says like what, how to change your suspension in different conditions. So if you've got a steep track, if you're on a, a flat track that's pumpy, if it's wet, if it's cold, you know, so you've got little changes to make. And I, you know, I was always of the opinion, you know, you, you watch you know, the World Cup races and they're like, oh, I think I need one more click of high speed or one more click of low speed. And, that, you know, I was like, oh, really? Can you really notice that? And unfortunately, I, I know I can now. So. But that's good, though, right? Like, it's good that you're sensitive to that. It gives you the ability to, like... Uh, but yeah, it's it's a double-edged sword, right? Yes. It opens up the pu- the puzzle. Yeah, I'm going to use that word, Ben. I know you don't Ooh, like I it. I heard gains slipping earlier as well, but I let it by. <laughs> <laughs> the Z words are creeping in. Yeah, but it, equally then it gives you that opportunity to, to optimise and to get the bike in a really good spot. Yeah, and, and also you're understanding what the changes are doing. I think that was the big thing for me. It's like, you know, rather than saying, oh, I know I need to, to do this because this is what I've been told – I can, I can, I can now think, right, this is what, this is how I'm feeling on the bike. This is what I think I need to change to correct that issue, change it, do another run. And, and has it had the desired effect? So after post doing this with Rich, I've been out riding on the bike at a different location, which was not say as steep. And, you know, I could notice that the bike didn't feel handled quite the same so i then made the appropriate change and it brought the bike back into that window of feeling the same so which was kind of testament to what richard taught me and the process basically and then you crashed it (laughs) yeah that's just a crash you don't crash though johnny everyone everyone says this and i crash all the time I might not tell you Do about you? it. Yeah, and I'll crash. And then some of our other friends are like, ah, oh, look, Johnny crashed. And I'm like, I crash all the time. I can, I can only remember seeing you crash once. Maybe I'm so far ahead, I crash, get back on the bike and carry on. Heel. That's probably it. <laughs> that's probably it, mate, to be fair. With me anyway, that's probably it. Yeah. Cool. I'll, I'll go through my setup a bit then. So, I, like I said, I shamelessly copied the canyon factory team because i figured they've done the work um so o-chain's gone on then love it definitely feel less feedback through the pedals just generally it feels less rough and everything feels a bit more open um so i really like that pretty simple change um what else have we done we've gone to the longer rear end so I mentioned this last time that it was something that I wanted to try and I tried it at, um, at Antistiniog. So my theory is not that I was struggling with front end, but I always find like 
if the front end of a bike sticks, you're going to ride better. Like if you turn in and you know the front's coming with you, everything's rosy, give or take. Like it's a nice situation to be in when you feel like you just can't rattle the front end of a bike. Um, And by lengthening the rear end, it's going to put more weight over the front of the bike um, because you're lengthening the wheelbase. If you stay in the same place, then you're closer to the front of the bike than you were previously. Effectively, you're way in the front more. Um, so I wanted to try that. We've got that 10 mil adjust on the on the swing arm. Super easy to do. Uh, literally like two minute job. Uh, so I did that, rode it at Stineog and it did surprisingly feel quite different. Um but it's definitely for the better for me, I think. Like it feels more stable at high speed. Everyone tells me rid of felon, which is where we're racing, is really fast. So that's no bad thing. Um, there was one tight left-hander there that I initially struggled to get around. And I just think that was me riding badly. Like once I got the hang of that turn, it was totally fine. So I don't really see any massive downside to it. There aren't many like gnarly endo turns on downhill tracks these days um so i don't think that that maneuverability thing is actually a real downside and uh yeah it's it's i I feel like it's helped the front end feel like it's going to stick whether that's in my head or not would you go but uh longer on the front with the cups no, I wouldn't go longer on the front with the cups. I find if the reach for me, if the reach gets too long, then that problem. I always, in my head, I'm thinking, well, if you pull the reach forward, it's going to pull me forward. I'm going to have more mm. weight on the front, but equally, you've put the front further away from you as well. Yeah. So I, th- I think it has the opposite effect. But I always struggle. I struggle to get my head around that one. But when I've tried it, when we did that strive testing, I couldn't ride that thing in the long. Like I really found it hard to keep the front end in check. Whereas mm. in the middle and then even better in the short version of it, I found it better. So yeah, I'm going to stick in the, in the middle. It's where I've always ridden that bike and it's felt good. I don't really want to mess about with that too much. Um, so that was a change that I made. And then I, as soon as your day finished with Rich, I would message Rich and was like, Rich, send me Johnny <laughs> settings. <laughs> so I wanted to see what you'd been up to. Um, and our forks, other than the fact that you've got zero spaces and I've got, or whatever you want to call them, uh, I'm going to call them spaces, two spaces in the, in the fork. Uh, I've got, you've got none, but so it, I, go I, would, on. I would add that I brought the tokens with me expecting yeah. to be recommended to put them back in. Rich brought mm. tokens as well on that same basis. And we, we, he, he was a little bit surprised because none of the data suggested that we needed to do it. Yeah. I was wondering about this because I was asking Rich, like, because the fact that we've got the same fork pressure and you're running less spaces, but I weigh less. I was like, Oh, am I just riding more forward on the bike than Johnny is like, am I putting more weight through the bar? And he was like, well, you ride flats and Johnny rides clips. So it's unlikely. And I was like, that was a bit of a puzzle for me. But I think that's because when you're on flats, you're naturally dipping your heel. Mm. So you're behind the axle of the pedal, which is going to pull you back a bit. I assume that's what he's getting out with that. Um, So I can't quite get my head around it. But to me, my forks are slightly broken. Maybe. (laughs) I bottomed it out like once or twice when we were sending it into those braking bumps at Stineog. Yeah. Um, I've but not broadly speaking, I'm getting, you haven't, 
No, no, I don't. Yeah. Don't know what's going on there. Just just a light, um, light rider. <laughs> maybe. Just a good rider. But I thought, yeah, our fork settings that. were broadly similar, like on both yeah. compression and rebound within a click mm-hmm. here and there. So that was pretty similar. The biggest change, rebound was fairly similar on the rear end. Obviously, your spring rate's heavier. Um, so I'd expect my rebound to be have slightly more rebound. Yeah, than your, I've than taken your... account for that. So you've got more rebound damping yeah. from a clicks perspective, but like yeah. taking into account a heavier spring. Yeah. But compression settings we can compare, and you were running a, a lot more high speed compression um, and a little bit more low speed compression. So I I queried Rich on the high speed compression side, and he said he'd done a setup on another of the new senders with. Um, a, a much lighter rider and it also ended up with relatively high high speed compression on the rear end so i was like well i should go and try it like see how it feels um so i think i mentioned this on the last episode of the podcast the first time i rode the bike i felt like i was like getting bucked on jumps i felt like the back end was trying to kick um and we combated that by slowing down the high speed rebound on the rear to try and bring the bike into control a bit so I had this thought like, oh, if I increase the high speed compression damping when I'm coming into these like takeoffs, which is a compression event, will the bike kind of squat less into the travel if I've got more high speed compression and therefore I won't get bucked as much. Um, and maybe I can then open the high speed rebound a bit and take some benefits from that. Uh, anyway, so I went to, to Dovey this week, just gone to do the O-Chain test um, and to try that. And I initially went uh, to, I think, four clicks from closed on high-speed compression from being pretty open. And the bike felt more composed, way less, like, kicky. But it did feel a little bit more harsh. Like, even with the benefit of the O-chain, it it still felt, like, a bit more harsh through hits. So I backed off one click. So I'm now five from closed on the high-speed circuit on the back. And the bike it definitely feels better. Like I'm not getting kicked around on it. It feels, it just feels more composed in rough stuff in general, yeah. which I think is a, a benefit. So, so I'm going to go with that. I am. Um, I, I ended up with another set of settings from Rich. Yeah. So at the end, we just tried something completely different and we went to, to a, a very like high compression setup on the rear end uh, which I've then subsequently worked on a bit too because we didn't have the time to get the balance quite right with a, um, going from a open on low speed to um, eight. Uh, so that's pretty much half, well, beyond halfway and mm-hmm. um, uh, slightly less on the high speed compression. And what I find is that I really like that setting, but I ha- there's a lot of feedback f- through the pedals but yeah. the stability is just unbelievable. And I really... And- you need to go get yourself an O-chain. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that, that, honestly, that I think that would fix that. I think that for me, I'm like, I can get away with this higher compression setting, especially on flat pedals, because that's even more likely to cause an issue yeah. because I've got the O-chain on there, to be fair. Like, I think that's, I'm trade, like I'm trading off those two things against each other like yeah got more sup more like open feel less harshness because of the o-chain and then in that case i can wind up the high speed and not suffer so much maybe yeah i but i'm just referencing my little data sheet here but anyway if, why i keep looking <laughs> off camera 
Fair enough. And then the other thing I wanted to try was grips. So ODI just launched um, a new grip called the Reflex, I think, which is supposed to be like the most vibration dampening grip ever made. Um, And they sent some over. So I thought I'd give those a try. And uh, And again, it was kind of hard because I was, yeah, I was riding with this shoulder injury. So like the first couple of runs were horrific because I was riding so tight on the bike anyway that my arms were just like, not feeling particularly good i did settle in a bit before i started making changes to the bike i did like manage to settle in and loosen up um and i don't know i feel like when i put those grips on i was getting less arm fatigue but maybe again i was still like on that transition into my body warming up and being able to like settle into the bike a bit more or get more confident on the track i don't know like but they definitely didn't feel worse. So I think I'm going to keep them on. And again, it's odd, right? Cause I've gone from riding really thin grips. I've got quite small hands and I've always thought thin grips were a good thing. That ODI elite pro Ben that you're running is for me quite a thick grip, but I really like it. And I'm fine. I find the, like, um, the give in the, mm. the shaping on it really helpful. And then this grips even thicker again, or it feels thicker under the palm, but it's so much of it. It's like, moves there's so much kind of ribbing and shaping and stuff that yeah it just seems to absorb vibration so i'm gonna stick with that and that's it i'm not changing anything i'm not touching it (laughs) i'm not even gonna clean it (laughs) yeah so i think it's ready broadly speaking good needs to be that's that's scary it needs to be (laughs) it does it does need to be so yeah first race literally days away um it's been cool actually quite a lot of people like that do the series or that are that are racing in the uk have been in touch in the last week or however week two weeks since we launched the the project like everyone seems pretty into it and stoked that we're doing it so it's cool um it's going to be weird swanning around with our names on our backs mm. um at the race but yeah ben how are you how are you feeling now that we're getting yeah, pretty i'm close looking to forward it? to it i'm looking forward to it now i've chilled out a bit um i'm okay taking the approach of saturdays is a nice day of uplift and ragging it hard down one track as well none of this uplift days where you like ride eight tracks once it's like i i really enjoy like getting on something i'll uh, and having a session on it so and i'll go out and yeah. i'll do go out and do that around you know locally i'll have a session ride where i just uh, stick to one track and see what i can do on it so i'm looking forward to that um sunday i'm not sure i'm not sure how i'm gonna feel in the uh feel in the uh, start hut or the start line i think i'm gonna be levels of anxiousness above what i would normally be at an enduro race um why do you think that is what's different about it being a downer rather than an enduro um i think we i think we sort of talked about this last time didn't we that you know like an enduro start of a stage on an enduro you've got that fallback well i can stuff this up I can, I can have a crash here and most people are going to have one instant on their way around the whole thing. Um, or, you know, even if this is a disaster, I've got four other stages to, to let loose on through the day. Um, and it's pierced though. So you've got two race two, runs. Yeah. You've got two race runs. Yeah. I don't know how to it'd be, it'd be interesting to see how it's, it's just how a short endurance. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's a short enduro. enduro, and all but the tracks are the same. See, I don't. Yeah. Even, there's a lot. To, there's a lot to find out and work out, isn't there? 
Don't, best best run wins. Is it best run? Goal, is it best run wins or don't you? Yeah, it's best run for wins for the day. And most people, you but speak, don't you get points for the series from both your runs? Maybe. Oh, interesting. Not, I have, I haven't read that deeply. I'm not into sure. The I might yet. be wrong on that, but just that's that was my impression. We're not in it for the series, though. We're just in it for the individual races. This is this so, is true. true. We've only got two rounds. True. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, I don't know, but it'd be nice to meet some, meet a bunch of new people. Um, I feel like uh, I feel like an outsider, actually, which is a weird, uh, weird yeah, that's interesting. Um, situation to be in for someone who's been in the sport for like thirty-five years or whatever. I do feel like a bit of an outsider at a downhill race, so I'm sure we will be welcomed. Um, yeah, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> what about you johnny just excited yeah looking forward to finally getting the bike on a you know on a downhill trek and doing some uplifts and yeah be good fun i think you've I'm, already uh, cooked our uh mm. saturday night dinner good lad yeah, yeah. getting planned sort of the toolbox yeah. out clean some stuff up still finding mud in that helmet from the photo shoot <laughs> despite me trying to <laughs> clean it out it dries and I'm like oh my god it's still there <laughs> good effort what um, what are you doing this week then as far as like prep training rest what what are your approaches Ben start with you busy with work uh, yeah I've got a busy week at work I'm also I've got a couple of days a couple of nights away I'm off up to see my parents for a couple of days so I'm I'm probably not going to get in the gym but i would have only done like a real gentle session maybe early in the week in the gym i take my bike so i will get a ride trail ride on tuesday uh something nice. fairly gentle um just trying to rest and get some quality sleep as well especially whilst i'm away from home <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah make the most of that no kids yeah. to uh, keep you awake what about you johnny a similar thing I've been trying to, so since I finished doing the, the, the block of training, I've just been kind of uh, freestyling it a bit and trying to get out on the bike more, as, as, as you said, Chris. Um, so this week, I've not really decided. I'm going to, I think I'm going to go out on the bike once. I might just keep moving, on the, I think. On the downhill bike? No, 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 not on the downhill okay. bike. I'm not going to go out on that again. Um, just keep moving. And then I might do, just keep the legs moving on Thursday and Friday and, just grease the groove and roll into the weekend, I think. Sit in a car nice. for four or five hours, you know? Mm -hmm. That is the downside for you, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's quite a long drive. Cool, man. Well, I'm uh, yeah, I'm super excited for it. Ben, I, I definitely share the nerves to some extent, I think, but I'm going to try and put that aside. And Stressed like, or nervous? I'm not, uh, I'm not stressed. No, I wouldn't say I'm stressed about it. I would say I'm a bit nervous about it. Like, I think there's an element of like, yeah, we are outsiders rocking up um, to something, but we're also doing it in a very public... No recent experience whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. But we've got really good kit. We've all the gear. Awesome bikes. All the gear, no idea. <laughs> uh, all the gear, no idea. some idea. We've got a little bit. We've done some <laughs> we've work. We've got a plan. <laughs> I've done as much work as I could have done yeah. in the yeah. last, like, six months, whatever, right? I've trained when I could train... I've ridden bikes when I can ride bikes. I've got the bike set up as best as I know how, and it feels pretty good. It looks pretty good. I watched a little, I was scanning through slow-mo videos 
from Derby just checking what the bike was doing and yeah. trying to work out whether it was good or bad. But I think it looks pretty good. So, yeah, I'm in as good a spot as I can be. If I can't go and enjoy a race and have a good crack at it now, then I've got no hope. So I might as well go so and you've have nailed, fun. So you've nailed your process? Uh, up to this point, it might, right. all go to, it might all go completely to pot when we turn up at a race and I get spooked by it. But I think it will depend on the track for me. Like... If I groove with the track straight away and I'm not too intimidated by any of it, I think I'll probably be right. I'll have a pretty good weekend. But if I find there's like something or a couple of bits that I'm like real nervous of or, you know, yeah, I think I think that will be the thing that could throw me. Whereas if the tracks to me feels relatively straightforward or achievable, then I'll okay. probably be all right. Don't know. Find out, won't we? We will. <laughs> nice one all right well it's going to be fun seeing you in person we'll record some chat over the weekend uh probably post practice and post race for everyone so they can hear what's going on in our heads and how we're actually getting on at the event um but yeah until friday have a good week and um yeah look forward to seeing you at the weekend for some actual bike hey, riding together yeah. <laughs> nice one all right Cheers, boys. Go. See ya. See ya. All right, that's it for this episode of Downtime Goes Downhill. We really hope you've enjoyed it and that you're looking forward to hearing all about our first race in the next episode. A huge thank you to the brands who've helped us make this happen. That's Canyon Bikes, Fox Suspension, Wahoo Fitness, Fox Clothing and Protection, Maxxis Tires, Magura Brakes, and We Are One Composites Wheels. To make sure you don't miss the next episode, give the podcast a follow by hitting that button in your podcast app now or by heading to downtimepodcast.com forward slash follow. Also, if you've got friends who you think would enjoy this mini series, then please spread the word and let them know. That's it for episode two, but we'll be back to tell you all about the ups and downs of our first race in episode three. So until then, get out and ride. <laughs>